Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Saul and the Philistines as we pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Shall we turn in our Bibles to the 17th chapter of 1 Samuel? In the 17th chapter of 1 Samuel, we read where the Philistines had gathered their armies together against the children of Israel, and of course, the King Saul had gathered his armies together, and, and they were setting their battle lines, they were digging their foxholes and uh, setting up their battle array on either side of the Elah Valley. Now, the Elah Valley is a area that is a, oh, south and west of Jerusalem, uh, maybe 15 miles. A beautiful little valley, but of course anything can be made ugly by war. And so on the mountain on one side was the camp of the Philistines. On the mountain on the other side was the camp of Israel. And in those days, they would take their time, you know, in getting started into a real battle. They'd come and they'd yell and they'd have their shouts and they'd try to psych each other out. And the children of Israel had been pretty well psyched out by this fellow Goliath who came out every day for 40 days. The champion from the Philistines, he was from the city of Gath. He was nine feet six inches tall. He had a brass helmet, a brass coat of mail that weighed 500 or 5,000 shekels, was it? And he had these plates of brass on his legs. He had a brass chest protector. His spear was like a weaver's beam, huge spear. And man, he'd come out there and stand, and, and he, he was an awesome sight in the eyes of the children of Israel. And daily he would challenge them. He would say, look, facing off here in battle, we can settle it easily. Send out a man to fight me, for I'm a Philistine, you're the Israelites, and if you've got a man in your army that's able to fight me, if he can defeat me, we'll be your servants. If I defeat him, then you'll be our servants. And he was daily challenging them for 40 days. Meanwhile, back in Bethlehem, Jesse called his youngest son David in and said, David, I want you to go out to the battlefield and check with your brothers and see how things are going. Take these loaves of bread for them and this bushel of parched corn and take these cheeses for their captains and and just find out how things are going and and bring us news again of, of, of the condition of your brothers. And so David headed off on a chariot towards the battlefield in Elah Valley from Bethlehem, about 20 miles distance. 
And as he came near and he could see the camp of the Israelites and the Philistines, he got off the chariot and ran to meet his brothers. And of course, he started sharing with them and the parents' concern, how's everything going? Are you warm enough at nights? And, you know, is everything okay? And as he was talking to them, this fellow Goliath came out and made his daily challenge. And so the fellows, when they saw this man, they fled from him, and they were very afraid. And the men of Israel said to David, Have you seen this fellow that comes out every day to defy Israel? The king said, If any man can kill him, the king will make him very rich. He'll allow his family to become tax-free in Israel, and uh, he'll give his daughter to the guy for a wife. And David said, The king will do what? And he said, well, he's going to give the guy a lot of riches and give him his daughter for wife and his family will be tax-free. And so David's brother, Eliab, saw David's interest in this thing and he said to David, who's watching over your sheep back there in the wilderness, kid? You better get on home in a hurry. You know, you, I know your heart. You're just, dad probably didn't send you down here. You're just down to see what a war looks like and you go home in a hurry. And his big brother is trying to sort of protect him. And David said, hey, wait a minute. What have I done? There's a cause here. This fellow is defying the armies of the living God. And if none of you fellows want to go out and fight him, I'll go out and fight him. And so a fellow ran and told Saul the fact that they had a volunteer who had volunteered to go out and fight David, and so they brought David in unto, uh, to fight Goliath. They brought David in unto Saul, and Saul said, oh, you can't fight him, son. That man is a man of war. You're just a youth, and he's been a man of war from his youth. You can't go out and fight him. And David said, wait a minute, don't reject me so fast. He said, one day when I was watching my father's sheep, a lion and a bear came out and grabbed the sheep and began to drag them off. And I grabbed the sheep out of the lion's mouth, so he turned on me, and I took him by the beard, and I killed him. And I also killed the bear. And the God who delivered the lion and the bear into my hands will deliver also this uncircumcised Philistine. So Saul said, well, give you a try here, you know, and take this helmet and this armor plate and so forth. And so they put this armor on David and the helmet, and he's probably just a little kid, and, you know, the helmet probably came down over his ears, and, and uh, you know, the armor plate so heavy, he said, oh, hey, you don't mind. I haven't tested this stuff. I don't, I don't think I better use this. I'll just go out as I am. And so David headed toward the giant. Now, one interesting thing about the Elah Valley, there is a dry stream bed in the bottom. Of course, it's got water in it when it rains, but it's one of those typical Southern California type of rivers, you know, that only gets water when it rains. But interestingly enough, when God created the earth, I... I have in my office, actually, some, and I, I should have brought some out tonight. But when God created the earth, 
knowing what was going to transpire in this particular valley, when God made this valley and this particular little stream bed, God just placed thousands of smooth, round stones in this particular stream bed. I've never seen any stream bed with so many smooth, round stones, beautiful stones for a sling. And I've got a bunch of them in my office. I, I, I like to pick them up out of that stream bed because they're so perfect for a sling. And so David stopped by and he picked up five smooth round stones. And there's just bundles of smooth round stones in this stream bed. And he headed up the hill towards the giant, put them in his little shepherd's sack, headed up the hill. Well, when Goliath saw David coming, he was outraged. He said, am I a dog that you'd send a child out to fight me? And he began to curse David by his gods and said, all right, kid, you're asking for it. I'll chop you up and feed you to the birds. And David said to the giant, you come against me with a sword and a spear and a shield, but I come against you in the name of Jehovah of hosts. The God that you have defied and he is going to deliver you into my hand, and I'm going to chop up your whole army and feed it to the birds. David was assured not only a victory over the giant, but over the whole host of the Philistines. And so David took one of the stones out of his little pouch, put it in his sling, and let fly towards the giant, and he sunk the stone right into the forehead of the giant. And the giant fell down, and David went running up, and because he didn't even have a sword, he, he, all he had was this thing, he didn't even have a sword. He pulled the sword out of the sheath of the giant, his own sword, and, and David used it and hacked off his head. And then he grabbed it by the hair and held it up, probably began to swing it around, yelling. And all of the Philistines, when they saw this, their champion destroyed by a child. Panic gripped them, and they began to flee. And, of course, the men of Israel, when they saw this, their hearts were encouraged, and they all came out of their tents and began charging after the Philistines. And there was a great slaughter of the Philistines that day. And so the Lord delivered the Philistine there in the hands of David. Now, when Saul saw David go out against this fellow, he said to his captain, Abner, who is this young fellow? Who is his dad? And Abner says, I don't know. As my soul live, I, I can't tell you. And so the king says, inquire and find out whose son he is. And so as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine still in his hand. It was a trophy that David had. He wasn't going to let the thing go. He was going to carry it around for a few days. Must have been a big head, too, you know, a guy nine foot, six inches tall. And he said, whose son are you, David? David said, I'm the son of thy servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Now, when it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking to Saul, that the soul of Jonathan, Saul's son, was just sort of 
knit with the soul of David. Jonathan loved him as, his, as himself. Actually, there came a bond between Saul's son, Jonathan, and David. They were really sort of two of a kind. They were both of them very adventuresome. They were both of them very daring. Both of them with great confidence in God, great love for the Lord. It was Jonathan, you remember last week, we were studying about him when they were facing the Philistines. He was the one that woke up his armor bearer and said, hey, I've been thinking this morning, it doesn't make any difference to God if we have a whole army or just ourselves. If God wants to deliver the Philistines in the hands of Israel today, he can do it to just two of us. He doesn't need the whole army. Let's go over this morning and see if God wants to deliver the Philistines into the hands of Israel. And so he, with his armor bearer, took on the whole army of the Philistines. Just find out if God wants to deliver, because God's big enough. If he wants to deliver them, he doesn't need a whole army. He only needs two. And God delivered the Philistines into the hand of Jonathan and his armor bearer that day. And so Jonathan and David were really sort of two of a kind, so they just immediately hit it off. They just, you know, that kind of a thing where a bond was formed, a deep bond was formed between these two fellows, Jonathan and David. Now, Saul sort of kept David. I mean, he just, you know, also at this point had a very great admiration and liking for this brave, daring young kid. And so he wouldn't let him go home. He's going to keep him now there with the army. And Jonathan and David made a covenant because they loved each other so deeply. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his garments and his sword and his bow and his girdle. I mean, he just gave David, hey, you know, here, take my sword, my bow, my, you know, he just tried to show his expression of love towards David. And so David went with Saul wherever Saul would go. And David behaved himself very wisely, so Saul sent him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of the people. Now, though he was just a very young fellow, he was set over a, a part of the army, and these guys respected him so much from, of course, God's deliverance of the Philistine into his hand that they just accepted him. But then trouble began to arise, because as they would come into a village after David had returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women came out of all of the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with their tabrets and with joy and with instruments of music. And the women would sing back and forth one to another. And one group would sing, Saul has slain his thousands. Now he was used to this. They, the women had started this when Saul would come back from victory. They'd come out and they'd sing with their tambourines and they'd go through their dances singing, Saul has killed his thousands. Now in this particular case, they started off and of course, oh, Saul was just, you know, all right, you know, that's me, folks, you know, here I am. And then a second company of women sort of answered and David, his tens of thousands. Well, to a fellow who was having a problem with pride, this was a little much. And Saul became extremely jealous of David, and he says, what does he want more than this, the kingdom? And, of course, he was not aware of the fact that God had already chosen David to be the king and that God had anointed David to be king over Israel. 
And so it is interesting that immediately he began to suspicion the fact that the kingdom was in jeopardy. What does he want more than this? The kingdom? And Saul was very angry. And he said, look, they've ascribed to me thousands, but to David tens of thousands. And so from that day onward, Saul was watching David very carefully. Now it came to pass on the next day that an evil spirit came upon Saul, one of these bad, ill-tempered days for him. And he prophesied in the midst of the house, and David played with his hands at other times, And Saul had a javelin in his hand, and he thought, I'll thrust that kid through and pin him to the wall. So he threw the javelin at David, and David nimbly dodged the thing. But twice that day, he tried to ram the javelin through David, and and David dodged it both times, but David figured it's time for me to get out of here. And so he departed. And so Saul then made him a captain over the thousand, and and he went out into the field. But David behaved himself very wisely, and the Lord was with him. So Saul began to get a little afraid of David when he saw how, how wisely he kept himself and how he did always the right things. But Israel and Judah loved David because he was there among them, and he would go in and out before them. So Saul said, here, David, you know, is Mirab, my oldest daughter, and of course I promised my daughter to anyone who would kill the Philistine. And so he, he said, she can be your wife, but be valiant for me and fight the Lord's battles. For Saul said, let the Philistines kill him, and I won't have to lay my hand on him. He figured if he'd send him out against the Philistines, they'd kill him, and he wouldn't have to kill him himself. But uh, David said to Saul, hey, who am I? What is my life? What is my father's family in Israel? That I should be a son-in-law to the king. And it came to pass when the time was supposed to be that Merib was supposed to be given to David as a wife, Saul switcherooed and gave her to somebody else, pulled a dirty one on David, gave her to someone else. Now, Saul had another daughter, And uh, Michelle actually loved David very much. And when they told Saul, hey, Michelle's really in love with David, Saul said, oh, that's all right. I will give him her that she may be a snare to him. So I don't know what kind of a daughter she was. I don't know, but he figured she'd be a snare to David and uh, give him problems, which she did in time and that the hands of the Philistines may be against him. So David said to, or Saul said to David, you're going to be my son-in-law today. And David said, nah, who am I? You know, I'm poor. I'm a poor man. My family's, I can't, I don't have any dowry to give. And, and so Saul's servants spake the words in the ears of, uh, of uh, David, and they, said, and they said, you know, Saul wants you to be his his uh, son-in-law, he wants you to marry his daughter, Michelle. And David says, hey, do you guys think it's just a light thing to be the king's son? I'm a poor man. I'm lightly esteemed. And so they came back and they told Saul, hey, he doesn't want to do it. He, he doesn't feel, you know, that he, has, he, sh- he should, he doesn't have the dowry or anything else. So Saul said, go back and tell him that 
I really don't want any dowry of money. And uh, he set up a dowry regarding the Philistines. And uh, David uh, went out and gave him double dowry. And uh, so Saul then, of course, was sort of shocked and surprised. He figured David would get wiped out in going out against the Philistines. But he gave then his daughter Michelle to David as a wife. Now, in the 19th chapter, we find Saul's third attempt to kill David. David spoke to Jonathan, his son, to all of his servants, and he told them that they should kill David. But Jonathan, because of his love for David, said to David, David, my, my dad seeks to kill you. I pray, take heed to yourself until the morning and abide in a secret place, hide. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are, and I'll commune with my father of thee, and I'll see what I see, I'll tell you. In other words, hide yourself until I can find out, really, what my dad is thinking. So Jonathan spoke good of David to Saul, his father, and said, Let not the king sin against his servant and against David, because he hath not sinned against you, and because his works have been very good towards you. return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of 1 Samuel on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order 1 Samuel 17 through 19 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you and bless you and keep you in his love and grace. May the Lord watch over you and may you be filled with his spirit and walk in the strength and in the power of the spirit of God as he anoints you day by day. May you be enabled by him and may you enter into that fullness that he has for you, walking with the Lord, loving the Lord, listening to the Lord. May your mind and heart be clear sense of the God and to the things of the Spirit in Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. 
Have you ever had a friend who's not a believer and they ask you a question about the Bible and you're thrilled? Finally, they want to know about God, but then you go blank because you can't remember the scripture that would answer their very question? You're not alone. It happens to me all the time, and I think if only I had a quick scripture reference that would help me right then and there, that would be perfect. Well, guess what I found? Pastor Chuck's Old and New Testament study guides are available to download as ebooks instantly to your phone or mobile device. Now, whenever you need to find the meaning to a scripture reference quickly, you can. Pastor Chuck has written great little Bible commentaries to help anyone come to a better understanding of God's Word. To find out more and to read a book preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download the Old and New Testament study guides by Chuck Smith. Or if you would like to order these books in print, call The Word for Today at 800 272 9673.